Hey, this is Romancing the Zone, a podcast about a podcast about boys playing tabletop games. I'm Nell Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. Let's roll. Seven. I mean, technically, it did hit something and bounce back. (laughs) So... against like traveling with your 20-sided die i think if it hits an obstacle mm. generally that roll does not count unless the obstacle is a dice tray so okay. you know like the edge of a dice tray would be fine if it bounces mm-hmm. off of that but i think if mm-hmm. it hits something else we don't know what the roll rules are for <laughs> MTV's roll specifically rules. fair <laughs> Sometimes you just got to roll with it, right? Bing. That's where the screen freezes. (laughs) And it just is like you winking at the camera. And there's a little Mm -hmm. circle that like zooms in around you. (laughs) And it says it on the side. Exactly. You just roll with it. (laughs) So welcome back, everybody. Good to see everybody again so soon. Mm Mm-hmm. Except for Brittany. She's absolutely not being seen as frequently as all the rest of us are. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Brittany, Brittany is just not showing up for class. We just don't know where she is. We get a taste of some uh, some hoodlum activity in this one, and <laughs> I think that's the path she's chosen as well. Mm. She's going to have to do some catch-up exams when she returns. Absolutely. We will, we will quiz her. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that'll be fun. Make sure she's actually been paying attention. <laughs> as for the rest of us, we have some uh, some dreams to uh, <laughs> to share and chat about. Yeah, can you imagine the amount of coffee that they would have needed at breakfast oh, after <laughs> they have this whole confrontation with Gray? It's all very tense after this whole battle, uh, too. I didn't even think about that. Oh, and my then, gosh. you know, they they try to get information out of Higglemas afterwards, and he's like, No, I need to sleep get first. Out. And then yeah. chaos shows up in your dreams. I it's mean, it's one thing after another. They just can't get a break. There has been so much happening for these boys on their like weekend jaunt to go help some centaurs mm-hmm. who would ever guess that this would be how it all stacks up they do they come back to their tables with just the hugest like trenty is that the newest starbucks giganto drink that's one that they all come back with <laughs> yeah i mean this this is all like textbook the things that go wrong on your class field trip right mm-hmm. i mean it's exactly like band trip to dc <laughs> classic exactly <laughs> But here's the thing that they do all come to terms with. Like, those were some crazy weird dreams. Mm-hmm. And it sounded like there was, like, a lot of bad stuff. But also, it was pretty dope. Yeah. I mean, they're they're pretty conflicted about this, which is fair. Like, some yeah. good things about the dream, but also chaos seems to be kind of pushing them to maybe kill people. <gasps> right. You know, which is not great. <laughs> yeah. Not stuff that they would, like, choose, especially not, like, in this moment as we look back and think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did want to say that Fitz, and he comes around to this, too. Fitzroy initially does say that his dream was not a and I was immediately like, ah, debatable. And so he did come back around and was like, I mean, I was topless the whole time. So, you know, again, dope dreams. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think Fitz is making the right call here that he still doesn't trust chaos. Yeah. But I mean, it was kind of a wild twist on some level that like the Fearbulg then says that they have to keep their options open, right? That they have to, right. he's, he's agreeing that they have to leave this on the table as a possibility because they don't know what else they're going to do. Yeah. I really liked this attitude from all three of them. I feel like this is 
important character development for all of them and mm-hmm. shows kind of where their heads are right now because it goes back to the things that we were just saying, the things that have happened over the past few days. I think this is a realistic attitude towards what was just offered to them. Yeah. Essentially, you get to win and you get to have dope lives. Well, and I think they it's, it's settling in at this point exactly what they're up against. Mm-hmm. And what they're up against is really a lot. Yeah, a lot. And they're basically, you know, kids. Mm-hmm. More or less. I mean, they're they're young people. They are not. They have not graduated. No. <laughs> this is a lot. A lot to have fall in your lap. To be honest. And you know, you think about what your motivations are and mm-hmm. how you feel like you're going to have to deal with this thing that's looming over you, and how it's going to affect everybody around you too. Yeah. I mean, I I agree with Argo that maybe you know maybe not killing a bunch of people would be a good plan. (laughs) He is. He's growing as a person. I really love that cute little back and forth between him and Fitz. (laughs) I feel like everything that plays out after they have this frank discussion about their dreams, which again, Mm -hmm. I think was handled very, very well. And this might just be me reading into it, but the attitude shift you get from them, it's almost like a relief. Like, uh, my friends also had this weird dream and we're all kind of in this together. We're all on the same Mm -hmm. page. And now we can be a little bit goofy because... You know, you're a little nervous, but at least you're here with your friends. And so here's here's Fitzroy and Argo being a little goofy. And just wait, the fear bulg <laughs> is not to be left out. Oh, <laughs> uh, Justin was so good in this episode. I mean, oh no, no shade on anybody else. He just was really no. on his game, I think. <laughs> Masterclass. Some real great work here from Justin. <laughs> but they do, they decide that maybe, yeah, killing, not necessarily the thing that they want to do right now. So maybe... Yeah. They are going to build their own corporation, a.k.a. <laughs> let's find some friends, make up maybe our own little army. Yeah, and and, and uh, including bringing in the Unbroken Chain, which is yes. probably a good plan. I mean, we still have some concerns about whether or not anyone in their leadership could potentially be compromised, but right. they do kind of have to risk it at this point, I think. Right. Well, and even the fact that Argo straight up says, I'm part of a secret society. (laughs) And maybe I shouldn't (laughs) say that out loud. But you know, here we are. A lot of things, especially in this one, I feel like these characters seem very open and trusting with each other, which I like Mm -hmm. a lot. It's very endearing. The fact that they are so candid about things that they wouldn't have to be. You could keep yeah. playing this with those cards close to your chest and they're choosing not to. Yeah. I mean, they've they've kind of all nearly died. I mean, they've certainly yeah. all been in mortal peril. And I think from a story standpoint, like it's a little harder when we're listening to things over the course of a lot of episodes. But right. Fitz did almost die. Fitz almost died. Quite recently. A... So, yeah. you know, I mean, that's, that's really going to change the stakes for them, I would think, yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. The hits are pretty close to home. And it's refreshing to see the then attitude going forward is well i feel like i can trust these boys so Mm -hmm. my secrets are going to be out on the table for them yeah exactly but here they are fighting for the future of nua and they still have (sighs) to go to a morning assembly that doesn't seem fair (laughs) right just as they're like okay let's go get our friends let's go rally the troops um before you go Phoronimus has uh (laughs) has some morning announcements to make And before he can get to the real heart of the matter, being our new guest lecturer this semester, uh, the piece of the cafeteria is hilariously shattered. So I guess maybe is the important question here. Did you know immediately that this was Justin? No, I would. No, 
I thought it was Justin right away. And oh, I, I yeah? don't know. Yeah, I did. You just knew it in your heart. Yeah. And then I hesitated and I thought, well, it could be Griffin, mm-hmm. couldn't it? Because they do sound <laughs> similar making fart noises, apparently. Not that I have right. a lot of uh, a lot of comparison points, but. <laughs> <laughs> you just have the files saved, the audio files. Now, if you listen here, this one's a bit <laughs> higher pitched. I actually thought if I had to guess of the three of them, I, I thought it might have been Clint. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think from a from a gameplay standpoint, maybe, yeah. Just because he's always so off the wall? Yeah. But in-game, I'm glad it was Justin. Yeah, I think the fact that Travis wasn't sure at first made it even funnier <laughs> because it was... Absolutely. It was then, you know, like if you're starting to do something and you think, oh, my brother's gonna, my brother's gonna mess with me here. But then mm-hmm. that's, if you didn't see that coming at all. <laughs> exactly. It is, right, it is infinitely funnier. <laughs> Absolutely. You gotta strike while they're not expecting it. It's always the funniest. And inside of the game, it was extremely funny that this was Uh, what the Fear Bulk chose to do. Exactly that. It could have been any of them, Mm -hmm. but it's truly a gift that it was Justin, because the Fear Bulk doing it and suddenly declaring himself a bad boy (laughs) while the other two are hooting and hollering, this all, again, folds into this whole, like, these boys had this weird good slash terrible dream Mm -hmm. and they're confiding in each other and they trust each other and we're all nervous and we don't know what we're getting into and now we two are being goofy (laughs) and now this guy's being goofy because fuck you headmaster we're not listening to you anymore you know the fear wolf is going (laughs) to wind up with shades as we had previously discussed i Uh, think at some point and and now he has to also have a crop top that says bad boy on it all right well i guess i know what my (laughs) next art project is Yes, he's a real bad boy. You can't... How are you going to handle him? They better be careful. The demon prince might give them detention. Ooh, might give him de- Or he's just going to silence you. Damn it. He, <laughs> he gets a couple farts in there, but I think it's interesting because what we learn about the demon prince later, it's like, oh, maybe Fearbug was tapping in to something he wouldn't even know for certain yet. Because later we learn kind of ways to get at the demon hmm. prince. And it seems like without even knowing the facts yet, Fearbulg was kind of already on the right track. Like, let's just annoy That's this true. guy. Let's show him yeah. that we're not scared of him. Yeah. <laughs> but Gray does take control. He silences the Fearbulg and gets to announce his new guest lecturer. Yeah. Did you have any idea of who this was going to be? Um... I think I had a moment of hesitation, and then I thought, I think I, I did get to Com- the Commodore Justice. Travis was, was saying that that was who it was. I mean, that that's what makes so sense. <laughs> yeah. I love the idea of you being like, it could be, and as he's saying Commodore, you're like, Commodore, of course, right, thought of it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I had no idea. I was just so excited to find out who is this going to be. Uh, so I was really taken by surprise. Yeah, I'm curious which, I mean, of course, we, we don't know inside of the game or outside of the game whether Chaos, like, told Grey about the Commodore. Like, does he right. know that this is a thing between the Commodore and Argo? Is he there as an intentional distraction? I mean, it seems like weird timing, but it could also just be I'm going to pull in all of my allies, regardless mm. of having any idea what specific advantage they might have. So we don't know whether Chaos would have said anything. Right. And I'm glad you said that because I have that written down too. Because this does kind of make us question, is Chaos also talking to Grey possibly? Yeah. Or is it just something that as Chaos picked up, Grey picked up too? Yeah, that's also possible. Yeah. We really don't know how how deep the kind of machinations go and in what direction. (laughs) 
Right. Like, is this by chance or is this on purpose Mm -hmm. regarding Argo specifically? I would guess on purpose, but that goes then back into the question we asked before. Are Argo and Fearbulg here on purpose? Like, were they purposefully put here alongside Fitzroy? Well, and we also don't know for sure whether, like, I mean, Grey could have just sort of been told, hey, this is a person you should bring in without, you know, I mean, because I think chaos could probably push people in a direction without explicitly saying this is why. Yeah. And that does seem like it would be more chaotic of just wanting to kind of throw these other pieces on the board that you know are going to mess with people, but not actually telling them in what way that was going to happen. Sure. Leave a little bit of fun for the players as well as for you, which, I mean, you're absolutely right. If Gray's goal here is chaos is this a way to sow a little bit extra while you're waiting for things to unfold could be well and there's also this question of like we don't know if the commodore knows who argo is at this point because argo has has not seen they have not seen each other since argo was a child since he was just little i mean i get the point about the genasi being kind of uncommon but i mean he was a kid though (laughs) like i don't know i don't know would you remember i mean Obviously, he's going to remember the Commodore, but I don't know if the Commodore has such strong associations with him. Yeah, this is all a big question mark right now. Next to the Commodore's picture on the murder board, there's just question marks written all around it. Because, (laughs) right, does he, would he remember Argo seeing him now as a young man? And Mm -hmm. also, how specific is, because Argo's half Genasi, so is it... Is he then rarer still? Like, if Genasi are (laughs) the toy in the blind box that, like, "Mm, rarer than the (laughs) others, is he the kind of Genasi that would be, like, a grayed-out question mark on the blind box? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. (laughs) Is he that rare that you wouldn't even know? Yeah. I mean, and even if he did, there's also this question of, do people just sort of know if you want to murder them? Like, can they just kind of sense that? Do you just have, like, a read? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Have you been at a dinner party with somebody and and you Mm. see someone and you're like, oh, that person, that person's coming for me. (laughs) I mean, for me, definitely, yes, all the time. (laughs) But as far as, you know, how close then do you have to be and what proximity do you have to be to pick up those vibes? Yeah. I mean, plus there are a fair number of students here. So even with him standing out, I mean, I don't know. He He's probably feeling seven different people want to kill him right now. He doesn't know who it is. <laughs> I think Argo's probably pretty well camouflaged. But something else I just thought of, um, the fact that, like, we recap who the Commodore is, mm-hmm. and <laughs> and Argo makes it clear to his boys that he, listen, his goal really was, like, try to get close to the Commodore, become his sidekick, so when he has a chance, he can kill him. And we know as the audience, like, okay, well, now he's waffling on that idea. He doesn't know if he still wants it. So I'm wondering at this point, since, again, we don't know who knows what regarding the Commodore, should Argo still continue to act like he wants to be his sidekick? Because he's told Mm. other people that that's his goal in this school. Yeah, it does seem like it might seem sort of fishy if you had been... Yeah, you know, sort of plastering your walls with Commodore fan posters. And that was <laughs> right. kind of your whole jam. And then, you know, I mean, that especially like in school, if you have something that was your jam mm-hmm. and everybody knows that about you and you're like, oh, that's the Commodore guy, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then the next day they show up at the school and you're kind of like, eh, 
people would notice. That would seem suspicious. People would be very weirded out by that. If he's been talking about it at all, which we don't know for sure if he has, but it does seem possible. I don't know lately if he has. Yeah. I, I forget who we told earlier, but I remember him specifically talking about, oh, I he's the whole reason I'm here. I want to be his sidekick. Oh, yeah. maybe it was Althea. Yeah, it might have been Althea. I was trying to remember if it was Althea or Rainier. I think it was a female character, but I don't remember. Because she was like, oh, I have connections. I oh, can right. You're, yes, you're right. You. It was Althea. Yeah. There it is. So hopefully we can check in with her at some point soon because we know Grey didn't like her. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh, you guys. There's just lines and question marks all over this fucking <laughs> murder board. I, <laughs> I can't wait till we can start tying some of this up. <laughs> Well, it's going to be pretty rough for the boys, too, because they have to, as as Griffin is saying, like, as players and as characters, they have to be so careful and so subtle with oh everything. Gosh. And that maybe yeah. this is not something that they are particularly well suited to doing. <laughs> <laughs> They're not the strongest at uh, subtlety and mm-hmm. nuance, that is for sure. As indicated by them leaving. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say even cue another giant fart noise, but also just cue them... <laughs> loudly announcing that one of them has to go to the bathroom the other one's gonna make sure he watches his hands and fearbulk's just leaving goodbye <laughs> <laughs> i really respect the fearbulk's approach that's the one i would go with because who's gonna stop you yeah oh no one <laughs> let's go find our brother boys also hi cool gary yeah how do you pierce a gary i mean i i would assume a drill <laughs> i was thinking yeah like a little jewelry drill you're not going to go to Fantasy Claire's. You should never go to Fantasy oh, Claire's for your piercings. Please don't. And if you have, let us know how it turned out. <laughs> I feel like a lot of us, especially in the 90s, I forget which little store I went to, but it was definitely one. They used that gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never I never got any piercings, and I probably mm. would have gone to a Claire's if I did. Yeah. So. It was so easy, readily available, in the mall. Mm-hmm. I was in third grade and my friends had pierced ears and i was like i demand pierced ears (laughs) Uh. yeah i wanted them pierced too but um and i actually had a friend volunteer to do it with an ice pick Mm. uh, which i did pass on yeah did pass on that um say that was but yeah my parents would not let me would not let me get a piercing so uh god are there quarantine piercings i certainly hope not i'm sure there are (laughs) why did i even ask we're getting into all sorts of mischief here. <laughs> well, we have an important question about, like, where is Fitzroy getting his spray tans done? Is this magical? Is it is glitter? It I mean, I'm just assuming there's that certainly... it's not actually tanning, that it's that there's mostly, like, a glitter. like a, It's like a highlighter, you know? Kind yes, of there's definitely a fair level of shimmer to this tan. That is, whatever he's spraying on him absolutely has an iridescent <laughs> quality to it. I will absolutely fight on this hill. I like the idea that... That maybe the spray, the equivalent of a fantasy spray tanning salon is just mm-hmm. you like walk in and put your arms out and then some fairies just like blast you oh. with glitter. <laughs> yeah, they, they're like positioned just so to get a full coverage. I like this idea. That's it. That's the fantasy spray booths. Yeah. He took Argo once, but then he just looked like Guy Diamond from the Trolls movies and it was not great. <laughs> I have not seen those movies, but I know exactly who you're talking about. And yeah, that's that's it. That's what happened. Because <laughs> I feel like Argo Nat. Ooh, maybe here's what it is. Argo naturally has a shimmer to him because mm-hmm. he's Janasi. He's of the water. He's beautiful. And let's never forget, these boys initially had a like, who gets to be the pretty one <laughs> back and forth at, at the very start of all of this. So maybe Fitzroy was like, well, I want to. He shimmers. I I want to shimmer. <laughs> 
I can't let him be shimmering while I while I'm just sitting here, Matt. I can't let this happen. That's my theory of what <laughs> why now there's a little extra pixie dust in that spray tan. I, I certainly hope that at some point in the future that there will be a live show for this, and that oh, yes. I, I very much want Griffin specifically Just to, co- to cosplay fits, and I do want him to to at least have to wear some like um you know like tawny sort of highlighter <laughs> of some kind. Yes, I want. Orange foundation just <laughs> caked on. I feel like you used to see it on like especially older presenters in an attempt to compete with like the stage lighting and whatnot. So I just want orange that like ends <laughs> at the jawline. So everything else is just glowing white. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not what Fitz does look like, but now that's you know, for the scene of the live show, that's what I'm picturing. <laughs> I also kind of like the the implication that he's so fair anyway that like even with a spray tan, it, everyone, no one knows that he spray tans because it doesn't actually look that much darker. Yeah, it might not be making the most difference. Maybe to him it really, really does though. And you know what, Fitz, you look great. Keep doing what you're doing, babe. In the meantime, okay, apparently there's no no little trips and traps on our way yes. to uh, Higgle Miss's office. Yeah, I mean, you know, good idea to check. Uh, Always good. Always you be never checking know. for traps. Mm-hmm. ABC. <laughs> ABCFT. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they, it's just Tigglemas and Hero not sleeping in a dog bed, Yeah, fortunately. <laughs> he's he's moved on up. He, he wasn't allowed on the couch initially. Now he is. Now he's back in, <laughs> in elf form. So he's still resting up. Mm-hmm. We have Higglemas, who never forget is now younger. And I thought, I wondered maybe when he was like, previous version that was when he was higgle miss but maybe mm-hmm. now he's higgs or higgy fresh <laughs> either one <laughs> my uh my text program has been as i take notes for the entire run of this campaign been changing it to higgles and i can't get it to mm. stop it's not a word but it, it just really <laughs> wants him to be called higgles instead of higgle miss i mean it seems fitting i could see that being a playful term that he just hates and yeah, they love it. Yeah. They use it anyway. It's very Tom Hiddleston fandom flashback. Oh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it also does seem like a word that you would have typed out before that your computer's just like, yeah, <laughs> she uses this term. I know what she's trying to say. <laughs> but Argo comes in pretty hot here in this conversation, just immediately yeah. like, well, how much of this was a lie? The, the things that you told Oof, us. Boy, I'm here for it. I appreciate it. Again, I feel like together these three are very strong and they're like cutting to the chase they're mm-hmm. putting their cards out on these tables yeah. and i like that yeah it was like how so obviously you told us a bunch of lies yeah how much of the latest thing was a lie yeah and i mean like not that much of it i guess except the part where he could have made his brother not a dog at literally any point whenever he wanted any point he just wanted to make sure he had an escape route. Yeah, I mean, and he's pitching this as that he wanted to protect his brother, right? But mm-hmm. was it to protect him or was it to protect himself? Interesting. Because it kind of seems like maybe that was what was going on instead, that he's like so into his brother and so unable to imagine his life without him or make his own choices that it was really about protecting himself. Hmm, I could see that. Well, and I think the idea, like, especially the way we see Hieronymus now, the fact that, like, he is out and is needing to slowly recover. Mm -hmm. I wonder if Hegelness knew that that was going to be the case. And that's where then he thinks he needed to have 
the out. He hmm. needed to be able to That's fair. hide immediately to give time to like recoup. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if he thought they, they were going to be really vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, you can certainly make an argument for that, I think. At some level, I think there's a truth to what you're suggesting, too. Mm-hmm. Because now we're seeing it straight up. Like, Hegelmas is terrified. He has been taking Hieronymus's lead this entire time. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that was no longer an option, he just shut down and hid. Yeah. And as Justin via the fear bulk says, idolizing the older brother is very common. <laughs> of course. Of course you do. Seeing them as godlike, it just makes sense. <laughs> Trav got got so hard there. It he was did. Great. Yeah. He is not often <laughs> speechless as a person. He, and and right? Justin really got him. <laughs> Justin, you really did it. <laughs> but Hieronymus for now is still out and he's mm-hmm. going to be out for a while. So he's got to have his brain fixed, which is rough. I mean, that's going to take a while. Like, I mean, because because Higglemus is initially saying like, oh, I'm going to wait until my brother can tell us what to do. And it's like, I think he's probably not going to be good for a bit, my man. Like, I think I think you may have to figure this out. Right. We don't have an actual timeline, but if we have six months to start building this up. Yeah. I don't think this guy's going to be there for at least a good chunk of the start of this. Yeah, it's a bad time to not be proactive. Exactly. We cannot just all sit around and wait for Hieronymus to have some ideas that we can go with. Mm -hmm. I will say, though, with that said, I am now anticipating a very cool triumphant return once, like... Yes. I'm, I'm right like I'm picking yeah, like so. dire straits what are we gonna do all of a sudden some very, sort like, of Gandalf showing up at the battle of exactly yeah. yes yes I'm expecting that sort of triumphant return of Hieronymus when he's back on his feet yeah I hope so fingers crossed in the meantime we have to keep moving and it helps at least to start with knowing that Listen, Grey is super powerful, but he can be knocked off of his game mm-hmm. if you can get him mad enough, which again is where I was like, oh, the fear <laughs> didn't even know. He was tapping into something there. Yeah, I mean, this will sound like I'm dunking on them, but, which mm-hmm. I'm not doing, but if the main advantage that they could have potentially against Grey <laughs> I know is to going. just be kind of annoying, mm-hmm. I think they can do it. I think oh. they've got what it takes. <laughs> These are the boys for the job, baby. You don't even know what kind of problems you're about to run into, Grey. After what, know. I mean, even the fear vulg, he almost drove the accounting <laughs> teacher to retirement. Oh. <laughs> you know, I mean, they have got this. They have got this. this. They have the skills. Yeah. This is our dream team. This is our... Our 1996 bulls. These boys, you're going to want floor seats for what they have in store. And they're going to need it because uh, in the course of this conversation, uh, Higglemus is also confirming that he does, Gray has help in the school, that there were some kind of masked associates who were able to penetrate his impenetrable wards, which is very concerning. Extremely concerning. Do you have any thoughts immediately on who it is? Um, I mean, I, I thought about it, but then I sort of felt like, I think Travis is smart enough that whoever I think of first, it's probably not going to be them, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think he's, Mm. I think he's a little tricksier than that. Uh, yeah. and operating on enough level. So I'm not sure if I can guess. I feel like whatever guess I make is going to be a misdirect. Mm. <laughs> I know. That's where it's tough because it's like there are some that seem like they might be kind of obvious. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think? Well, I'm with you in that like 
again, some people seem like they might be a little more obvious, Mm -hmm. but then some people it's like, well, of course you would try to not think it's the most obvious. So obviously you'd go with this other person who, so it can't be them. But my thought was it could be somebody like Buckminster. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, in my trying to figure out Travis's complicated mind right. <laughs> attempts or whatever, like trying to figure out <laughs> what would we do in there. Come back, to, pull, come back. to pull one over on us all. Yeah. Um, I think I, I started worrying about Rainier. Mm. It's like, she's been, she's been pretty aggressively trying to get close to Fitz. She Ooh. was the only classmate who was <gasps> present in the future that Chaos showed them. Yeah. So and... I started to wonder, like, I don't know, does that mean that she is on their side solidly because they right. would have defeated Grey or is it a to mislead us? Is it to Should mislead us? Should I be us? suspicious? And does that mean possibly she was always on his side and then in the future maybe was hidden enough as a as an ally of his? Because what if going back to that proposal quote unquote, it wasn't marriage and it was mm. what we were thinking before or it was marriage and she wants something else. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, it really could it really like could be idea. anybody, right? Well, you know, I had this thought earlier today, too. The fact that in this world we have our heroes and our villains, and I was like, mm-hmm. it made me wonder, like, what makes somebody get chosen as a villain? Because yeah. we have Rainier, who seems to have this very sunny disposition, and she seems very kind and open to everybody. And then you have a character like Barb, who also seems, like, really cool. But neither one of them seems outright, quote-unquote, villainous, and especially yeah. not Rainier. So I was like, is it just the fact that she... Is a necromancer? Like, yeah, does the maybe power the indicate inherently. what? Yeah, I mean, they they haven't really talked about that. Like, whether there's yeah. a set system. Um, yeah. Exactly who makes these decisions and why. I mean, it's mm-hmm. definitely an interesting question. I mean, I, I kind of like that there isn't an established explanation exactly you know because i think it could become too binary right if you say well here's this magic rock that we talk to and it tells us you know or something like that like um, it's called the moon hello (laughs) (laughs) but right like like you just sort of that you funnel people hard and fast and either heroes or villains kind of side um, yeah. I mean, I think that the the concept of what good and evil actually are in this universe is separate from the idea of what constitutes a hero or a villain, because Agreed. they're sort of, I mean, this is more like getting cast as the bad guy in your school play, really, exactly. than it is actually being a bad guy. Right. So, so I do like that, yeah, you have villains that are obviously very likable. We all love Fitzroy. Mm-hmm. We all love... Rainier, we, I mean, I really like Barb. I think she's cool, you know? And you're like, (laughs) right, these are all technically villains. Yeah. But yeah, I think along those same lines, it's like, is there something else about Rainier? But I'm with you. I don't think it has to do with actual evil. Yeah. Yeah, which would then say, well, what if it's Rhodes, maybe? Right? Listen, let's just start naming off everybody. Uh, What was the (laughs) other one? Okay, there's Buckminster. What was the other boyfriend's name? Uh, Who, Leon? You thinking of it? Oh, (laughs) Leon's ooh, oh. Leon's a bird right now. I think he's on our side. Um, yeah. Oh wait, are they gonna fix that? Well, that's where, that's chilling? what made me think of Buckminster in the first place. I was like, poor Buckminster. Is he? Do we just keep seeing this poor sad sack at breakfast, like waiting for his <laughs> his sidekick to show back up? He's just been pining this whole time. Oh no! I'm I'm telling you, we gotta put. You know, we start returning to some loose threads in this one. I have a couple of my own I would like to bring up. (laughs) But Buckminster, I don't know. And I can't think of the other villain's name. I'm blanking now, too. I need a a spreadsheet. Ah, this is what the murder board is supposed to be for. Rolandus. 
That one. Yes, yes. Rolandes. It could also be some of the teachers. Could just be anybody. Could be some of the Garys. Oh, can you imagine Gary? We don't know for sure that they can't, like, get up and move. We haven't really Ooh. talked about it. Who knows? Now it's suddenly a horror <laughs> film. A horror film. Or an episode of Gargoyles, depending oh, on how you look mm, at it. <laughs> fair. Little tiny gargoyles running around the school. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, regardless, I am creeped out and interested to know who it could be. Also, what have we been saying since day one? We've prepared everybody for this. Do not trust anyone yeah and aside from the people in the school there's also this question of the demon army you don't really want to have to ask about the demon army and the answer is is not promising i would say (laughs) no it's not great did anybody and did you play the game monster prom uh i am familiar with it okay there's the one boy who's like the prince of hell and so that's now kind of how i picture gray which means gray is suddenly Uh. really cute i feel like (laughs) I can't remember the boy. Damon, I think, is the boy's name, of course, in Monster Prom. He's always the one I can get to go to prom with me. Others, <laughs> I have to, like, I've been turned down, I think, by everybody else at some point. I feel like Damon is always like, yeah, right. So you're in Grey's Army, is what we're finding out. Ooh, yeah, I guess, you know, if we're dating, I probably have to be, huh? That's how they get you. Because it does turn out he has some sway over <laughs> some portion of hell. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is a hell dimension, but it's like a small one, so... It's like a small kingdom of hell. <laughs> Which, I, I mean, mean, small is not really promising. I mean, I, I guess if it was like all of it, that would be worse, but small sure. doesn't really It doesn't really help. help. Even if you got everybody in the school on your side, mm-hmm. it's a portion of hell that you're going up against. I don't yeah. feel the most confident about it. Yeah, I, I mean, it's also ominous that apparently his connection with this with this world, I mean, because it's, it's like a good question, right? Like he came from a small yeah. hell dimension. What the heck is he doing in right. Noah in the first place? It seems like he had his own pad, but mm-hmm. um, apparently his connection has something to do with the God's Carcassum. Uh-huh. But we don't know what yet. Doorway to hell. Possibly a doorway to hell. And as they continue on with this conversation, mm-hmm. it sounds like he's not actually permanently killable unless maybe you kill him in uh, hell. Yeah. So I guess now they're going to have to go on a field trip to hell and then yeah. probably destroy the chasm or something maybe to oh. trap him there. They went into this office thinking they were just going to ask these dudes how do we build an army how Mm -hmm. do we fight this guy they're getting such information overload Mm -hmm. there's so much here so he's had all these multiple avatars over hundreds of years it sounds Mm -hmm. like just coming back to fight Hieronymus which again suggests to me that this is just fun for him yeah, it's very like kind of epic myth cycle more than I'm actually trying to destroy the world kind of a thing. But then I'm also like, well, if chaos is to be trusted, don't trust anybody. <laughs> but if the future we saw briefly in Fearbolg's vision is of some truth, mm-hmm. is the only thing preventing that the fact that Hieronymus always wins? Hmm. Right? Interesting question. Yeah. So it's like, if now that Hieronymus has been kind of knocked out, and has had his at least his feet swept out from under him. Does that has that shifted it? Yeah, we don't know. If they've been fighting this battle for longer than fifty years, but the chasm has only been there for fifty. Did oh. something change in huh. uh Gray's power fifty years ago? Maybe. That's a great I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, if he keeps coming back in other forms, mm-hmm. but the chasm only opened fifty years ago, which is when he took over at the school. Yeah. How was he getting here before that? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. 
It's huh. all very complicated. And they don't know. Uh, so they may have to destroy the chasm or seal it or however, you know, whatever something. that's going to be. It's already occurred to Fitzroy slash Griffin. I'm yeah. not sure if he was in character at that point that that could do some <laughs> bad things it potentially to him. a person who is who is somehow getting power from the same source, potentially. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it would be nice for them, I would say, if the solution here was... And here's the magic sword that you have to go out uh. and find that's definitely designed for this purpose. <laughs> if you know? only. Yeah, you got to go into the Lost Woods. You'll find the Master Sword in a little <laughs> glen, if only. They're on this mythic quest, but it's apparently not going to be as simple and straightforward. Yeah, you're also not going to find a, a gun in that wooded glen either that's going <laughs> to take him out as, as much as they're hoping it might. <laughs> so The mental image like... of them being like, all right, in six months we're going to have a war, and then one of them just sort of finds a magic just, gun, and that's just the end of it. With this ridiculous, like, cartoony gun that's like, all right, we got it. <laughs> just blast them straight back to hell like, uh, like uh, the demon <laughs> killing gun on supernatural hey travis loves that shell i listen that's there that is true there here. might still be a they do have to fight a demon army we oh. we don't we can't rule out that the cult exists in, in the fantasy cult exists in this universe and you're gonna have to guide us all through here you are our inside person you can get us the info we need there is literally a magic gun in supernatural is the short answer which is really not very spoilery because it happens quite early <laughs> now does it at least look fun yeah no it's a cool gun all right. It's definitely a cool gun. It's got stuff like inscribed on it. It's a cool gun. Please send me a photo of it. We'll share it with everybody <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> well, unless these boys can find this gun or drop a piano on him for a save. <laughs> it got very Looney Tunes here for it a did, moment, yeah. and I really appreciated yeah. it. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but unless we can find any of those, we are going to have to continue rallying our troops and... Hopefully get to the Godscar Chasm and figure out if we can get into hell and mm-hmm. go take him out at the source. Yeah. If they want to kill him on his home turf, they're going to need some kind of plan for that. And yeah. in the course of what was actually kind of a selfless moment that Fitz decides to give the second apple to uh. Higglemas so that if he decides that he has to run away, that he would rather yeah. have him run away and hide than have him half-heartedly be trying to help them, that that would be worse and more destructive and so he has this you know and this is a this is a good moment this is a a a big moment for Fitz I think in his character development it's a big moment for Higglemas and in terms of what he's going to do and instead of running away he ultimately does decide that maybe he can use this apple to hide them from Grey instead of hiding himself yes I love this entire apple moment um the way Griffin played it Mm -hmm. the fact that it gave Fitzroy a chance to take a direction I don't think many of us would assume he would take by default yeah and then even the way that Higglemas got to play off of it Mm -hmm. tends across the board yeah I think giving another character a ripcord you know to get out of this situation that he doesn't want to be in himself is is very powerful giving your potentially two strongest allies an out Mm mm-hmm they are the teachers now. <laughs> they, you boys, you've grown up so much since last week when we all last talked. <laughs> They've grown, really, as people. They've grown so much. Well, luckily, we do have the Wigan staffs with us. Mm-hmm. That's number one. We got a heal hero. Number two, Hagomis is going to make a camo potion using that apple mm-hmm. for our boys. And number three, uh, gather some infos from some cats. <laughs> Not sure if that one's going to be useful. I mean, I'm sure it will be. Like, they'll find a way for it to be useful, I think, in the course of the story. But just as a a hypothetical at this point, I'm kind of like, you can't really send them anywhere on purpose. You can just sort of talk to them 
Okay, but <laughs> it's fun, though. <laughs> I'm like, sure they will find a fun way to incorporate that. Yeah, I like their inclusion. I like that we now know where this little interdimensional space cat was coming from. Mm-hmm. What wh- Here, of course, Hagelmas was just like, I don't know, stray cats, let's... uh. Let's see what they can do. <laughs> the good news is we know that they love Argo, or at least one of them does. One of them kept mm-hmm. cuddling up with our boy. So maybe that'll that'll play a part here in the in the yeah, future. Yeah, I think so. And speaking of Argo, I like the thought, again, because I see all of this as a movie in my mind, him going down the list of things that Miss has to do. Mm-hmm. And so him directly noticing that suddenly he seems more confident. Miss does. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, you need me to do these three things? I can do these three things. Yeah, they have figured out not just found a gear for their their plans, but they have figured out where that gear goes. Yeah, you know the point and click adventure has made it. You have solved this puzzle noise as mm. they have as they have done this. Absolutely, which makes it the perfect time to try and wrap up a couple of other kind yeah. of loose ends, things that they had not had time in the course of the story to revisit. Yeah, we're doing great. Let's go. Let's go get some more first. Let's go see the artificer. Yeah, when they came into this scene and Travis was saying something about Crabtree working on a metal plate, I immediately pictured the McElroy, like, Bim Bam commemorative plate, (laughs) but like a fantasy (laughs) version of it. And I know that was not where he was going at all, but my mind just immediately zipped there for some reason. (laughs) Now the photo of Crabtree up on the murder board is definitely her working with that plate in front of her, yes. <laughs> I do wonder <laughs> I do wonder what that magical plate might be for. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know. I wonder yeah. I wonder if we will find out at some Maybe. point or not. I mean it could you it know It could be nothing. Not all loose ends should be tied up, but Yeah. Might you not do be wonder. anything. Yeah. Might be everything. Um, but we do have this kind of you can do whatever you want, signed mm-hmm. Miss Wiggins staff that now Fitz is able to take to Crabtree and be yeah. like, Hey, Let's make me some dope glasses, please. Yeah, I mean, after you get past the barrier of a pun, because we have to be in Crabtree's comedy corner for a second uh, with this art, take, teach a man to art a fish joke. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Everybody just turns and leaves the room. <laughs> of course, we have to do that first. You're right. Afterward, we can discuss making these glasses of true seeing, which I think is a really clever idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Griffin slash Vitz definitely jumped to a good conclusion here that there yeah. should be some suspicion about if Gray's power, one of the most powerful things that they know he can do, is uh-huh. hiding the, the... Well, not hiding it because they know it's there, but everyone being like, oh, yeah, that canyon's always been there and it's totally right. fine. That that kind of deception is something that yeah. may be coming up in the future or has already come up and that they are going to need some way to counter it. Yeah, which makes these a very potentially important piece as the story Mm -hmm. progresses. Absolutely. That is the thing. Once you know that there are some secrets hidden, you're like, oh, God, well, what else do I not know? What else have Mm -hmm. I not been informed of? Yeah. And Fitz has been trying to get ahead of things for a while since the the other visit to the artificer when that required the permission slip to actually accomplish (laughs) something. Again, they were they were trying to get ahead of things that they were concerned about. Yeah. Which is a, a smooth move. Yes, it's very proactive it's very forward thinking and i like the bridge that they came to regarding not making this an overpowered item Mm -hmm. like where griffin came from 
that he knew that this could possibly be a thing that would kind of break the stuff that Travis yeah. was building. It was a good compromise. Yeah. I really like that. I like to see those little inner workings. And, you know, if they're going to be fashionable, fashionable brow uh, line glasses with transitions lenses in them. Please. That's yes. always that's always an improvement, too. <laughs> Absolutely. Because we've all been picturing his little round glasses. Very cute. His mm-hmm. face can pretty much wear anything. But I always love a, a good brow line. This, I think, will wear very well on him. And um, let's let's get Mosh in here to help us out with these plans. <laughs> I like the idea of them being like, oh, huddled together and kind of like, oh, starting to plan things out and just fits like trying to peek over them, <laughs> trying to interject. But those two are off. They know what they're doing. They've got a good idea going here. Yeah, I have experienced this kind of thing in real life, collaborating <laughs> with people who, who normally collaborate with each other. And, yeah. you know, you sort of suggest something and then they just start going and, and, and you like, ultimately right. get lost because they have this kind of shorthand with each other. And it's just like yeah. this really fast, rapid fire thing. And then yeah. you just sort of sneak out. <laughs> <laughs> they look up and you're just suddenly gone. I do like this working relationship we get between these two where it seems like they're kind of annoyed with each other. Yes. But at the same time, you get the impression that they actually work very, very well together and probably actually really like each other, mm-hmm. which is fun. I like the friendships where you can take shots at each other and it's yeah. fine. This was good character business other yeah. than just having them come in and be like, oh, yeah, you can make this thing and have it be sort of a mechanical feature of trying to add this device. Yeah. This was good set dressing. Mm -hmm. And once Mosh is done, he's going back over to the blacksmithing because he's working on something. And Mm -hmm. I'm very intrigued to know what that is because they kind of played it like. That does seem like it might. Yeah, it does seem like maybe that's going to come back up. Uh huh. But for now, it's off to the library. We talk about the California raisins (laughs) all the way there. (laughs) I I have a really important question, which is are there picks? Of the boys somewhere as children in garbage bags as the California raisins, because I definitely need to see that. (laughs) The moment Clint interjected with that, I was, I had to pause the show. I was laughing. I was loving this entire moment so much. None of us really know why we were that into the California raisins for a while, no. but we absolutely were. I collected the figures. I don't I know why. I had figures of the California raisins. Why? I don't even really like raisins is the funny thing. <laughs> like, I mean, I'll eat them, but I wasn't a huge fan. Yeah. No, they're certainly not my favorite. There are other things I'm going to snack on before a raisin. That's for damn sure. I They were just everywhere. Like, if you were around in the early 90s, you at least have some sort of... Exactly. Fever memory of the California raisins. Especially because of the the weird like Christmas special that Justin brought up, the claymation Christmas special they were in, which I was personally really, really into. And I'm wondering if Justin was also one of those people. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'll believe it. Because, yeah, Griffin and I would have been kind of littler for sure Mm -hmm. by the time they were really huge. Whereas, yeah, you and Justin would have clearer memories. Yeah, we were the right right age for the the rise of the raisins. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, God, I really hope that there's a picture somewhere of them in trash bags as the, as the California raisins. I don't know why it got so me so good. badly. It just really so did. Oh, my God. I think it's a mix because it's so cute. But then at the same time, listen, when you say the phrase, like, putting children in trash bags, it's, <laughs> it's immediately hilarious. Mm-hmm. Comboed with the fact that they were dressing as the California raisins. Exactly. That's comedy. Uh, so we all just pile into the library laughing. And then Fearbulg and Sabor do have a very quiet, slow, it's but heartfelt soothing. conversation. Yeah, it was yeah. like a, you know, I mean, I know Griffin was, was getting a little antsy, <laughs> and, and so was Fitz. I, I was picturing... Like we're all just so tired. 
I was picturing, like, through this whole scene, like, Fitz in the background, just, like, in the far distance. Like, they're in the front, right? And the camera's on them while they're having this serious conversation with the serious music. But you can just see Fitz in the background, like, really dramatically being bored, like, lounging over chairs Uh very dramatically and, like, putting a book on his face and throwing stuff off of the shelves and just, you know. (laughs) Meanwhile, Argo is sitting just completely just, like flipping through a book next to him, not paying any attention to yeah, Fitz. Yeah, he's found another Lime Lad book. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Saw it on the cart and pulled it out, and it's just reading this whole time. Argo and Fearbulg are so used to, by this point, just tuning Fitzroy out that that's why he can just uh, go on and be the most bored, and neither one of them is going to pay any attention. I just realized that I said Lime Lad, which is the name we came up with, and it is Larry oh, the yeah. Lime. <laughs> So maybe there is now in universe a comic book about Lime Lad, which he is going to adapt uh, to use for his sidekick name at some point. That could be it. Or Lime Lad could be the comics of Argo that he writes himself. Yeah, that's it. He's just sitting, he's drawing this whole time in his notebook. Oh, I love it. He's got a Larry the Lime book out to like use as reference as he's like (laughs) sketching out the Lime Lad comic. I love this. That's the scene. And then Fitzroy, of course, is being overdramatic in the very background while these two have a very lovely comic conversation up front yeah and we find out that Sapor's known Hieronymus for a hundred years like <gasps> he's been at the school for a long time so long and we do in fact confirm that uh there were there had been these sort of conversations about that maybe gray had been recruiting people this entire time and Sapor right. does share like oh yeah 50 years ago he started recruiting more people and and trying to bring in new Bringing new in. admissions. Uh-huh. So we don't know whether it could be teachers, it could be students, it could be former teachers or students who are on Gray's oh, yeah. side. Interesting, because I definitely took it to be more students, which I think is, yeah. to me, that read as like, then he can kind of hone them if he needs to. So once they are going out mm-hmm. into the professional world, they've been under his care. They've been under yeah, his yeah. teachings. Um, but absolutely, I'm sure with it would come more faculty and staff. Mm-hmm. Could be the janitor. Could be an evil janitor. You don't Could know. Be- oh, man. Yes. Could be a good janitor with a magic sword. We'll have to find <gasps> out. Oh, my gosh. He's the key. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. The big takeaway here, though, mm-hmm. is that once again, the fear bulb is going to go ahead and tell this person everything. Yeah. I mean, at this point. Maybe he doesn't have too much to lose in this situation. Like, trusting this person in an ongoing fashion, if he's actually working for Grey, yeah. uh, you know, Saber could try to lead them astray or something. But at this point, he's not telling him anything he doesn't already know if he's working for Grey. And I think it's reasonable to assume that maybe the Demon Prince did not recruit the librarian, even though he should have, because librarians are extremely powerful people. Death. But, you know. I think that's on a level that Grey wouldn't necessarily consider, though. Yeah, exactly. A different kind of power than than he would think about. Right. So the fear bulk spends a lot of time saying, you know, oh, I'm not very smart. I can't do this riddle that you're giving me (laughs) (laughs) about whether or not you're telling the truth. But he has gone and found somebody who's smarter and more educated than him to help them. So that's smart in itself. Exactly. Fearbulg knew I might not have a lot of connections, but the ones that I do have, they're very strong. Mm -hmm. And also, I'm with you. I feel like the information that we got from Sabor is mm-hmm. genuine and that this 
is a for real, real, genuine con- uh, connection. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I don't think this is going to be uh, a much later backstabbing. Although I, now that I've said that, I feel like I've jinxed it. <laughs> I know. The more we talk about it, the more I'm like, oh, this could go really bad. <laughs> this is going to be evidence at our trial of being wrong about this. Like... Order. Order. Yeah, it's just all of us. They're like, listen, we kept saying don't trust anybody. And then it smash cuts to us being like, yeah, it's a good thing we trusted Sabor. Clavier is going to dunk on us really hard. He totally will. <laughs> He's going to play his little air guitar. <laughs> there are worse ways to go out, I guess. We're just going to have to wait and find out. But, you know. I do think with what we've learned, with what Sabor just told us, and the evidence that we do have, I do think that this is a person we can trust. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed. Clavier, yeah, don't yeah. get us. Um, <laughs> added to the fact that, one, OG Hieronymus hired him, and two... He's part of the unbroken chain. Mm-hmm. And in turn, Argo, it almost creates this perfect little triangle of like Fearbulg wanting to trust Sabor, who then looks to Argo, who trusts Fearbulg. Yeah, exactly. I really like it. I also like the idea that they chose to play this um, as Argo sort of subtly showing his tattoo rather than sort of jumping up and being like, and I also know him. Yeah. You know, like I, I thought that having it be subtle so that the Fearbulg probably wasn't even aware of it happening, Mm-mm, even though right. he does know about the Unbroken Chain at this point. I, I liked that because I think it gave it gave Argo the opportunity to shift some of the responsibility, like the positive responsibility to the Fearbulg to make him feel in control as yeah. opposed to being somebody oh, that, like that, you know, was like being manipulated or or right. needing a second person needing to be there. Help. Yeah. yeah. That no, this I is like his that. friendship and his connection, not not Argos. Uh, I love that. That's a good call. Yeah, that was a very good way he played it. Whether or not he realized it would speak to the volume because it absolutely does. And now Saber has been promoted to secondary character <laughs> with this glorious laugh from from Griffin who oh was clearly God. very delighted. <laughs> it was so good. God, Justin really always on his game, but really killing it this episode. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. We will see more of him. Congratulations to Sabor, especially because next time we should be checking in with the rest of the Unbroken Chain. Mm-hmm. Mm. I can't wait to see how this turns out. Plot thickens. Always, always. God, Trav, again, this murder board is a mess. Um, is there anything that we forgot to mention that we would like to bring up now? I think that was pretty much everything I had. Um, I think I have one more thing, and it's just a little throwaway, which is what we love here. <laughs> I'm glad that they addressed the fact that uh, none of Fitzroy's clothes fit him. Oh, yes. That was important. <laughs> Extremely important. Yeah. His little short sailor boy pants. He's got his little pants, his little sailor boy pants. <laughs> We did not, in fact, get a get an answer. It was right, addressed, no but we don't know. If, I mean, it does seem like maybe Higglemas has more important things to do than tailoring I magic, mean, but... Probably, yeah. Listen, Fitz, Anne and I can both sew. We can help you out. We'll tailor <laughs> your pants for you. Our Wiggle Staff Hero School OCs can totally help you out here. We'll make your pants longer. We're not making the shirts longer. I'll tell you that much. At least <laughs> I won't. I refuse. You look great. <laughs> But so at least we know going forward that we might still have to, um, 
continue to picture Fitzroy with short pants, mm-hmm. crop tops. I mean. Until he works his way down to the crafting club where we are. Exactly. <laughs> we'll hook him up. <laughs> <laughs> then we could do something about it. Yes. <laughs> and also, if in fact you decide that there should be a fantasy Met Gala, which oh. I think there should be a fantasy Met Gala, we can definitely Absolutely. hook you up for that one. There's got to be. They, I mean, they can get a prom in here somewhere, right? Oh, I'm counting on it. This is a school. Mm-hmm. I want a danger prom. Oh, yes. Get in your orders now. That's what's going on in the um, the fantasy design club. What did you just call it? Uh, craft club, I think. Craft club. Thank you. <laughs> yes. If anybody's ever seen My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, the way Rarity puts together clothes, I figure is how it happens down in the craft club. You just kind of put things together and ooh, it's a dress. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, Fitz, come see us. We'll take care of you. <laughs> and uh, I think that's going to take us over to our polls. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the polls are, it's like juggling. Da, 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 da. So the results are in for the poll from two episodes ago. Mm-hmm. The question being, what is the unsettling appearance that the Guardian is hiding? And it was a perfect tie for first between quarantine bangs and being too beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> they are not so mutually that, exclusive. <laughs> exactly. It sounds like these quarantine bangs are really good, but like they don't know it. <laughs> That's they my thought guess. it was a mistake but it's actually really working for them and there's yeah. just no one to say that it that it does right because they're hiding away they're mm-hmm. just too beautiful <laughs> thank you so much everybody for voting there is still a little time to weigh in on your fantasy futures regarding last week's poll and for now we have yet another one for you what's your exit strategy for a boring assembly we'll have that poll up over on our twitter at romancing zone and We will see you maybe next week, maybe two weeks from now. Where will Brittany be? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Question marks all over this murder board. Whenever it is, we look forward to seeing you. Till then, please take care of yourselves. Please take care of each other. And thank you for joining us. I'm Mel Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. And we've been Romancing the Zone. (laughs)